Make someone's heart race with the limited edition Soulmate Box, an AMR collaboration with the Runner Box. It's brimming with Valentine's Day-themed healthy fuel, pampering accessories, and a personalized card. It's the perfect gift to indulge anyone from your sweetheart to your galantine to yourself. They're priced to move, so head to therunnerbox.com to get one now. Again, that's therunnerbox.com. Chocolate may have been your weakness. Both Flavor Naturals, it's your strength. Flavor Naturals chocolate bars transform delicious dark chocolate from a guilty pleasure to a secret weapon that helps you be at your best every day. Save 20% off your first order when you go to flavanaturals.com and enter code AMR20. Self-care shouldn't set you back. That's one of the myriad reasons I love my Flamingo Shave Set. Shaving feels better when it's not overpriced. So visit shopflamingo.com AMR to get your Flamingo Shave Set. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined once again by Liz Waterstraut. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. We're making quite a habit of this. Uh. (laughs) I'm not sure what to think about it. This is an awful lot of you to handle week to week. (laughs) Yes, it just, uh, you know, I, there, gosh, what do I have? Six co-hosts that I like to rotate um, and pick different ones. And typically I choose you all based on the topic and it just seemed that you were really well suited for um, now three topics in a row. So, but you get a reprieve after this. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, you're good to put up with me. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need a little vacation after this. <laughs> so, um, my older daughter is going to be getting a reprieve for me, uh, Phoebe. She turned 19 earlier this month. She is uh, moving out and going to be living in an apartment with a friend and that friend's partner. And so it's a big deal. Big deal. Um, wow. As a, as a mom of small kids, that seems so far away. Right. But at the same time, it's only eight years away. So Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how, how are you feeling about this? Gosh, I got to say, I've had a lot of other things on my mind, um, things that seemed a bit more pressing. And then last night I woke up around 2.09, just to be exact. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I couldn't fall back asleep. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I just keep thinking back to, so before, you know, I was pregnant with Phoebe and um, but before I gave birth to her, I just thought, well, what do you do with a baby right when you first get home? Like, I just was, I don't know why, but I was so consumed with that scenario. Yeah. And Phoebe was born on a Thursday and we brought her home on Saturday. And so I don't know what I was doing for the first couple minutes, but for some reason, Jack, my husband had her and I go looking for the two of them. <laughs> there is Jack sprawled on our bed watching college football with baby Phoebe, infant Phoebe on in the middle of our king size bed on a little baby blanket, just laying there on her back, just you know, I don't know, doing nothing, just being a little loaf of bread. And I'm like all that worry and it turns out all you got to do is just keep them near you. <laughs> I know. We worry so much about the early years, but like any parent knows, 
That's the easy part. Oh, it sure yes. is. Oh my gosh. We've, we've talked about it a number of times with different hosts about, um, uh, you know, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And yes. I had never heard that term. I think it was maybe coach Amanda or Dimity or somebody who brought it up. And I mean, the light bulb, it didn't just go off. Like the bulb shattered when I heard that. Oh yeah. So, um, but it's all good. She's moving, you know, she's not moving out cause she's in a huff or something. She, Phoebe goes to, um, she's it's online school, but she is a student, a freshman of uh, Portland state university here in Portland, Oregon. Shockingly, I know. Um, <laughs> but so she just, you know, felt it was time to move out and, um, you know, experience life on her own and, um, yeah. So, and it's, uh, her apartment is about, 10 12 minute drive from our house and um you know it's not a part of town that i want to live in but it's a perfectly fine part of town (laughs) and and, uh i don't run there near where her apartment is like hardly ever i mean maybe three times in the past five years or something but i actually earlier this month ran not too far from her place and i thought oh huh i guess i could have you know when phoebe lives there i can stop by and say hi (laughs) You could do some stealth check-ins. Right, right. You could run by, just Sarah, just, uh-huh. just a, a word of advice. Don't be that person who's diving under a car for some change <laughs> and, and her roommate looks out the window and says, you got to get a look at this. There's some crazy lady on the ground and Phoebe's rolling her eyes, shaking her head going, oh my God, that's my mom. That's <laughs> They live on kind of a... Um, um, it's not a through street. And so it's just kind of this two block long little, it's not quite an alley, but it's in, I'm, I'm not sure it's a completely um, improved street. Like I'm not sure how well paved it is. We have a, um, a number of those here in Portland. And so it would definitely be a rando street to run down. <laughs> there's, there's no, you're not getting anywhere when you run down it. Um, but, um, but then during the night I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I could pick her up on Monday evening and we can go shopping at Trader Joe's and I'll, you know, I'll pay for her groceries and, you know, and she doesn't drive, um, because she just never had a desire to. And then, wow, it's hard to, you know, have driver's ed during the pandemic. What a shocker that one is. (laughs) So, so So I, I have a, a a funny story about driver's ed. Uh We live on a hill Uh and recently we've noticed that there is this car that pulls up in front of our house and keeps rolling backwards down the hill and repeating this over and over uh-huh. and so it's some kid learning how to drive stick shift stick shift oh my gosh it was such a riot last week because this person was trying to figure out how to like pump the clutch and uh-huh. and press the gas and it must have gone on for 20 minutes and then last night my kids are outside sledding and mm-hmm. my son bangs on my office window and goes the car it's back the stick shift <laughs> And sure enough, it was rolling up and down the hill again. Too funny. Oh my gosh. My um, first husband and I lived in San Francisco when, um, right after I graduated college, we weren't married yet, but um, when he was shopping for a car and, you know, had both had very little money. And so, you know, stick shifts are less expensive than an automatic car. And so he was test driving a Jetta, a standard Jetta, 
And I was in the back seat and, you know, the um, car salesman was in the front seat. And I mean, this is in the heart of San Francisco, like so hilly, just so hilly. And, oh my gosh, it is. And, and John Shea was not at the time, not good at driving stick shift. And so, (laughs) and he couldn't make it um, even get into gear. And I'm in the back seat trying to casually say, put in the clutch put in the clutch and finally <laughs> and he's not learning it. Finally, I go put in the clutch <laughs> <laughs> but oh that was I mean I would just break into perspiration driving that car around San Francisco it was just yeah. like I'm just gonna go really slowly and hopefully this light will turn green <laughs> <laughs> so I'm impressed that the kid was out on uh, the student learning was out on a snowy street I mean right. that's that's snowy like adding to it I see Oh, the car kept stalling. I wanted to just knock on the window and be like, listen, kid, this stick shift isn't for you. Come try again in six months or so. Right, right. And then at one point, the car completely stops in the middle of the street. The instructor gets out and they switch positions, almost uh-huh. as if the instructor was like, let me just show you how to do this. <laughs> the, question, the question is, do you, you think the, at first I thought maybe it was like your neighbors and, and it was, you know, dad teaching the kid how to drive. Do you think it's different teen drivers? All, maybe always the same instructor? This is a good point. I'm going to have to watch out for that. Right, right. Because <laughs> we, what we do is we open our shutters in the front of the house and we just all stand there at the window. <laughs> so whoever this kid is, they now have an audience, a, a studio audience of like five of us. <laughs> Get a little bag of popcorn, (laughs) some raisinets. Sit out there with popcorn, (laughs) clapping. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And now, so um, now it's all clustered together because my twins um, turned 16 at the end of July. And so they're like, okay, mom, you got to start, you know, there's a long wait now to make, you know, driver's ed class reservations. So you got to start doing that. I'm like, oh my gosh, how many kids need to learn how to drive at one time? It's like, I got triplets or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I know this weekend circling back to Phoebe moving out, I am already like, oh, I bet I'm going to cry when that happens. You um, will, you'll, you'll mm-hmm. get a little choked up and mm-hmm. you'll think, you'll think back to the past 19 years and yeah. Yeah. I will get verklempt. Uh, one of my favorite words. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, today's topic is how running can change your size and shape. And it's not a weight loss episode per se, although we'll um, certainly be spending some time on that topic. And our guest is someone who knows Liz quite well. Um, Liz, as you know, it is uh, your business partner, Jennifer Harrison. And like Liz, Jen is a coach and a veteran triathlete. The duo coaches all our heart and soul training programs, which is our um, training programs that um, follow um, heart rate training. And as well, they also coach our triathlon ones. Jen lives outside of Chicago in Carpentersville, Illinois. And she's now an empty nester or, um, you know, a post-COVID will be um, as her boy-girl twins are in their first year of college. Liz and I will talk with Jen after this break. Stay with us. Love chocolate? Chocolate may be your weakness, but with Flavor Naturals, it's your strength. Flavor Naturals chocolate bars transform delicious dark chocolate from a guilty pleasure to a secret weapon that helps you be at your best every day. 
You've probably heard that the cocoa flavanol antioxidants in dark chocolate promote brain function, heart health, and even exercise performance. But get this, you'd have to eat at least five typical dark chocolate bars a day to match the flavanols used in most of those studies. Oof, that's a whole lot of chocolate. Flava Naturals, dark chocolate, flavor bars, and unsweetened cocoa powder, Flava Mix, are plant-based and all-natural and contain five to nine times the cocoa flavanols of a typical dark chocolate bar. Flavor bars are crafted by a world-class chocolatier, and they are available in five mouthwatering flavors, including my it's-so-dang-tasty favorite, roasted almond and Himalayan pink salt. I nibble on one of those bars for a mid-afternoon treat. And lately, post-run, I've been cozying up to a mug of the Flava Mix Hot Cocoa, which I make with milk for some muscle-replenishing protein. Gals in our Love the Run You're With virtual race series get treated to two Flava bars in the swag bags next month. And everyone needs to keep an eye on our At The Mother Runner Instagram account because in early February, we're doing a big, tasty Flava Naturals giveaway. But don't wait to win. Save 20% off your first order when you go to flavanaturals.com and enter code AMR20. That's F-L-A-V-A-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com, code AMR20. Flavanaturals.com, code AMR20. Here's one thing I've been wondering lately. Does body hair grow slower in the winter? Seems to me it does, but hey, what do I know? As I just told my distance learning son, science is not my jam. So while I'm not shaving as much as I will be in a few months, I'm still very grateful for my Flamingo razor. It's by far the best razor I've ever used for so many reasons. Let's start with the cartridge. It holds five blades made to the same standards as the men's at the Harry's factory in Germany. The blades provide a clean, close, smooth result for all the places you might shave, legs, knees, armpits, and bikini line. Then there's perhaps my favorite feature, the ergonomic weighted handle that makes the razor sit so comfortably and securely in my wet hand. No slippy grip. And let's not forget how pretty a Flamingo razor is. It's available in four colors with chic metal accents. Flamingo is a longtime sponsor of this podcast. So I'm really pleased to see how extensive their offerings have expanded with all sorts of new products, including various waxing kits and body moisturizing products. Flamingo offers bundles of its many products at great prices, so you can try new items without breaking the self-care bank. See all that Flamingo has to offer. The brand's classic bundle is the Flamingo Shave Set. When you visit shopflamingo.com AMR, it's just $16 with free shipping. With Flamingo's 30-day money-back guarantee, you can try it all risk-free. That's shopflamingo.com AMR. Shopflamingo.com AMR. Yup, Flamingo like the long-legged bird. Shopflamingo.com slash AMR. Well, welcome, Jen. It's always great to have you as a guest. Thanks for having me. Good to be here as always. Good, good. So how's your running, cycling workouts going this winter? I know you're shoveling snow yesterday. <laughs> I was actually, I came home from the DMV, which is really exciting. Oh That's what happens when you... We were just talking about uh, the kids getting life driver's license, but you must have been there for a different reason, yes? Yes. Well, when you turn 50, you have to go in and prove that you're not senile and losing your mind and take all these tests to show that you're not crazy at 50. So I walk wow. in there. I actually, we had a winter snowstorm yesterday, so I thought this is the perfect day to go to the DMV which it was because I rolled right in and they said, yeah, with COVID, we're not doing anything. So, you know, here's your, here's your real ID and uh, we'll catch you next time. Um, I but I needed a, to up uh, my license expired last week or a couple of weeks ago and I need to, uh, you know, rent a car or fly or stuff with it. So 
Yeah. So I ran in there. I, so that was really exciting. I can't believe this is going to be, we're going on a little tangent. I can't believe one, that you're just able to walk in there Two that they're issuing real IDs. <clears throat> Oregon has put a complete hold on that. And I need to, um, uh, I got my mom's car and I need to transfer the title. Oh, the soonest I could get an appointment when I made the appointment several weeks ago is March 22nd yes. in a town that is an hour from Portland. Yes. And I feel well, grateful for the appointment. Well, that's because up here by me, we got almost seven inches of snow. So people weren't out. So I knew it was a great opportunity for me to go to the DMV um, and I, people are sitting outside. I rolled right in. They're like, do you have an appointment? I'm like, no, they're like, okay, we'll just get you in in 10 minutes. I couldn't oh, believe gosh. it, but I knew cause they weren't doing driving the teenagers, not the speaking of your 16 year olds, they mm -hmm. weren't doing that yesterday because mm -hmm. of the snow. So yeah. I just rolled in and it's not that easy in Illinois. People have been waiting five, six, seven, eight hours to get their teenagers licenses, which by okay. the way, is probably the least fun I've ever had with my teenage, with my teenage twins. <laughs> that's why them how to drive was not a good time so good luck yeah, with that's, that yeah that's why I'm, I'm paying i'm using a service i just oh yeah well yeah but we use the service too be it but we still have to do 50 hours with each child and mm -hmm. and 25 dark hours with each child oh yeah in addition okay. to the service Okay. I got a lot of fun ahead of me, don't I? Yeah, okay. But, so, but, but, but back to your workouts, how are your workouts going? They're going morning? great. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, I feel really good. Things are, things are good. And I, I just like coming along. I just like doing workouts. I like routine. I like uh -huh. staying fit. So yeah, I, I, everything's going well. Swim, bike, run and strength. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Um, all right. Well, since I love to laugh before we move on to questions, I first have to share two comments um, from when I asked on Facebook for questions uh, about the topic. And first, Trisha said, um, but why can't I outrun my fork? And then a different Sarah posted, why do my boobs give themselves up as tribute before anything else? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so keeping with the, the humorous ones, Debbie wrote on the Facebook page, I run a lot and my shape hasn't changed at all. Only diet has ever changed it. So she's wondering, what kind of deal did you all have to make with the devil to have running change your physique? <laughs> and then Chrissy gave us another one. And she said, please make the point that running and any other type of exercise is very unlikely to change your general shape very much. I've seen folks get into running because I want to look like that girl on the treadmill. You may lose weight and you may not. You may become leaner and you may not. So do you all agree? Jen, take it away. Yeah. I completely agree. It's like, you know, don't fight what God gave you. Mm. Maximize what you have. So in other words, if you, you know, if you're born tall and lithe and, and all that other stuff that looks like this witherly little runner, then great. Then you'll kind of always be like that. But if you weren't born like that, don't fight it. And instead, do things to complement the body that you have. You can run. Yes, you can bike or, you know, cross train or lift. Um, but you also have to be super realistic and not let what you look like in the mirror define what you do for exercising and training and for, you know, to make yourself, I don't know, I don't, I don't like to say feel better, but make yourself, give yourself some more confidence, you know, just roll with, roll with the body that you have and, and maximize and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So, okay. So Nikki wants to know, but if you do come to running to lose weight, which is the reason actually why we're doing this episode in January, because I think there are a fair number of women who, um, you know, January rolls around and that's what they think. Um, and in this day and age, running is one of the easier things you can do because um, you don't have to have a gym to do it. And, but Nikki says uh, that her shape hasn't changed other than her calves getting bigger. <laughs> Yes. Well, that is, that's, that's a good thing. That's a benefit. People Mm -hmm. can spend lots of money, for example, to look like Kim Kardashian's bottom, butt. so, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. calves, but, you know, I think, I think the thing is, is that exclusively just running is not going to change your weight that dramatically. It has to be coupled with uh, your nutrition, um, it doesn't mean that you need to lose weight. It just means you need to be careful with what you're eating and be cognizant of what you were, um, you know, putting in your mouth all the time, because I wish it was as easy as going out running 20 miles and losing all that weight. But unfortunately, as females, and especially as we age and get closer to menopause, um, it's, it's not that simple. It's, it's actually pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Misty brings up an interesting point. Um, she says running has made me softer. My legs look great, but my belly is bigger and my butt has gotten small, which is a topic we'll get to later. Um, and she says it makes her hesitant to continue running long distances. So perhaps could, since you all are, you know, um, duo of coaches, you know, coach Liz, feel free to jump in on this one as well. Can you speak to that concern about people who maybe think, oh, well, I'm not going to run long distance because it's just going to make me maybe lose some of the body parts of mine that, that I like. Sure. So when I see that someone says their belly is getting bigger, first of all, that's not uncommon. As we age, we tend to store more weight around our midsection. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to work around that is to make sure that your training, especially as we age includes high intensity. Mm. And so I'm wondering if Misty Mm -hmm. has just focused on running long distances and going long and slow and easy and is missing that intensity component in her training, which has been shown to, you know, lower weight and and help with body composition. Um, The other part of that is a lot of the weight that we store around our stomach as we age is related to cortisol. Now, cortisol is that stress hormone. And I can think of about a dozen reasons why we all have stress in our life right now. (laughs) Just a dozen. (laughs) Just a dozen. (laughs) So... So with running long distances, that's what's called a a really catabolic activity, and it just breaks you down, and it Mm. increases the presence of cortisol. So Mm. again, the higher intensity, uh, you know, the mixed interval training might help with that, but also to make sure that Misty is on top of things like lowering stress in her life. Now, we can't eliminate stress, but finding ways to de-stress, making sure that her nutrition is spot on. So if she's doing her workouts, making sure she's not running on empty or skipping meals, or any of those other things that actually create nutritional stress, which will drive up cortisol too. So mm. a few things going on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm. So I'm intrigued, uh, Coach Jen, talk about that. Uh, give examples, please, of, of high intensity, you know, so that, because even if someone, you know, I'm going to start on your all's training program in a um, little over a week for um, marathon training by heart rate, that you know, that you can still train for an endurance event, a half marathon, a marathon, maybe something longer, but mix in that high, high intensity workout. So could you give kind of a couple examples of that? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's so, so important. And and one of the things that women should keep in mind is, 
you know, there's nothing wrong with going out and running the two miles, the three miles, the four miles at the comfortable kind of conversational pace where you're running with your best running friend and having a great time. Mm-hmm. But specifically adding in those strides, the pickups, the hill repeats, some of the goal pace work that's done at a higher intensity level, where we get our heart rate up, where we're sweating, where we're not really comfortable talking. Those mm-hmm. are things that really need to be included in a training plan. Not only does it make you faster um, and more efficient, but it also addresses some of the um, body uh, challenges that we have as we just kind of do stuff all the same energy level. Um, and to take it one step further, you, when we add in for the, for example, for the heart rate marathon plan, when we have the circuits and the strength, mm-hmm. some of those things need to be done. You know, I don't mean hard, like, you know, you can't breathe and you're gasping for air, but challenging make sure you don't go through the motions. I think Mm. that's what happens with a lot of us, especially in the winter time, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of put your running shoes on, you're trying to get out of the house because you have maybe 30 minutes between the next e-learning with a little kid or Mm -hmm. your business phone call or whatever it is. And we just get the workout done to get the workout done. But the attention is not given to challenging yourself in the different energy systems. And sometimes just going hard. I don't mean hard, all the time, but as mm-hmm. we properly put it in those plans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you on the kind of just setting it on autopilot and and going. Um, I've been trying to, um, sometimes when I run, I, I'm like, oh, what's going to be the flattest route I can run today? <laughs> and lately I've been like, okay, where, what route can I do that'll have some hills on it? Because, you know, there it does elevate, you know, change things up. Is that enough? Or, you know, I, in a couple of weeks, I will be doing all the things you talk about, the intervals, the pickups, the strides, all those things. But is aiming for hills, is that enough? Or should there be more if you are looking to, um, you know, manage your weight with running? Yeah, you know, it's all about changing the stimulus. Mm. So when you change the stimulus, your body has to adapt. What mm-hmm. happens over time is our body adapts to what we're doing. It's kind of a simpleton way to say it, but our body adapts. So for me, let's, let's take me, for example, if I go out and I run six miles easy, it's really not hard. And my body knows what to do. I've been doing it for all these years. So in order for me to get a benefit out of that workout, if it's a challenging day or a day where it needs to have some more specifics, then yes, I would take it to the trails to work Mm. on balance and um, my footing and to work on my mental side of running, which is always something that's important. I would Mm -hmm. do it on a hillier course. And I would also do new courses. One of the Mm. things that is so tough in these winters, uh, especially in the Midwest, is we don't have anywhere to run because everything's covered in really, really deep snow. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it today on my way home from my strength workout and how almost depressing it is because I don't even really know where to run safely. But so going out and changing your your stimulus is really, really, really important. Um, so yeah, the hills are, are something. Now you have to add some intensity in there too when the time is right. But with the plans that Elizabeth and I wrote, you know, you'll see those appropriately, the hill repeats and some of the other speed mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you doing, are the two of you running mostly on treadmill or where, where are the two of you running since you're both there outside of Chicago? I run outside 
I have yaks. So I'll run outside, mm. but I was just talking to myself this morning. I have to talk to myself a lot. Do, do you talk out? I'm curious, sincerely curious about this. Do you talk out loud or do you talk in your head? I talk in my head. And you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of new for me. This oh. is a COVID thing because my extreme extrovert personality is freaking out. And then mm-hmm. you take my two kids away and I'm kind of like, and then, then I'm married to a super introvert. So I feel like I'm like running in circles around my own head. Um, <laughs> but I was having a conversation with myself today, just about that. Like Jenny, stop being such, what's, this is a PG show. Stop being such a baby. <laughs> get outside, get outside. I absolutely hate it. And as the older I get, the worse this becomes. Um, thankfully, my body can manage the yak tracks and the snow and the, mm-hmm. you know, the crappy weather in Chicago, but I do have a treadmill. And I will mm-hmm. say I do like the treadmill, especially for my short runs for sure. And if it's mm-hmm. really, really, really cold. So for me, really cold is under 10 degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. Yep. So under 10, I'm kind of out. So, mm-hmm. and I also, but Liz, I'll let you answer a sec, but I love that you call yourself Jenny in your head. Uh, I do. I, to me, I'm Jenny. So it, I, it, I'm, I'm Jenny to myself. Yeah. Cause that's my, I grew up with that name. So like my, okay. yeah, my mom calls me Jenny, my drone, my husband calls me Jenny. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And Liz, where, where do you, are you running down the dump past the dumpsters that you showed us last year on Instagram? <laughs> that's, that's my winter jam right there. Uh, I run, in fact, right before this, I ran outside. I literally run down the middle of the street because it is the safest place to run, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Um, I, I can't say that I enjoy it. I'm more of a trail nature kind of person. And so, you know, running on the pavement when it's gray and it's icy and bleak is not really very uh, motivational for me, but it's, it's just part of the I don't know, the life cycle of a runner. You've got to get out there and get it done. I really don't enjoy the treadmill. You will not see me on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. In, a, in really bad weather, I might do a few laps around the indoor track at the gym, but that brings Ooh. a set of problems. Uh, I have to be moving. I can't be on a treadmill just boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. That doesn't do it for me. But, you know, I got out there and stayed in one piece. Mm. <laughs> Almost wow. got hit by a car, but it, it's okay. It's all, <laughs> it's all good. I mean, I, I told I, my husband, we were doing the changing of the guard. So as I came back in, he went out and I said, I almost went ass over tea kettle about a minute away. I'm like the black ice. You can't even see the black ice. It's so black out. You know what I mean? It's so gray and the, the roads are just wet and icy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And the indoor track, how, how short is that? Oh goodness. So I mean, I can go drive to one that is six laps to a mile, which is glorious. Wow. I I rarely have the luxury for that. So the gym, I think, is 11 laps to a mile. And I'm talking like I can run 20 to 30 minutes on there without, you know, straining a hamstring (laughs) (laughs) or giving myself an IT band problem. (laughs) But, you know, it, it, you just, you just got to get her done and you mix it up. Sometimes I'll run. I'll start in the gym and then I'll go across the street and run in the parking garage or I'll do a little bit of the step mill, just whatever it takes to get it done. I try not to overthink it too much. Wow. That is creativity. It takes me back to my earliest, earliest days of running uh, as a freshman in college. Um, And we had a January term at Colgate university. And so you would only take one class. So you had a lot of free time. And um, I was, 
you know, just really kind of getting quote unquote serious about my running and they didn't have an indoor track. And maybe they do now. I don't know. But, and so I would run underneath the bleachers of the ice hockey rink. Oh, and mm-hmm. oh boy, that Jeez. was just, oh, that was to use your word, Liz, it's so bleak. Um, but at the time, not to get, um, to, not to be a downer, but my, um, grandmother, my, the only grandparent that I ever knew had had a stroke around Thanksgiving and, um, was still just kind of hanging on for a while. And so I was like, okay, grandma can't be up and moving. So I'm going to do this for her. You know, grandma wasn't a runner, but it was just what got me. I'm like, okay, I have full use of my body and grandma doesn't. And so I should not gripe and I should be grateful for this. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Laying the groundwork for all the things we teach people in another mother runner. Right. <laughs> um, so, so, all right, back to the topic. I, I love a good detour um, though. Um, so proving that everyone has different experiences, Gretchen from our Facebook page says she's, she does notice differences when she's 5k training versus putting in the miles for 13.1. And, you know, when I am doing marathon training, I feel I get slightly, the emphasis being on slightly leaner when I train for a marathon. Um, like, what do you all, what's, what's your, both of yours reaction to that? I think that with the 5k, it, it, I think it's kind of specific, but what I tend to see is more the 5k runners and the short intensity. So if you triathlete and listening to this, the sprint athletes, sprint triathlon athletes, I tend to think that sometimes because back to what Elizabeth and I were talking about earlier with the um, more of the shorter intensity intervals. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think that some athletes respond really well to that and sometimes are leaner because of that Mm. instead of those long kind of slugging, you know, zone one, maybe zone two Mm -hmm. miles that sometimes become drudgery to us. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do think that, but then some people respond really well men to the longer, <laughs> slower stuff, because, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to burn a lot of calories when you run 20 miles or 15 miles or whatever it is. So it, mm-hmm. it kind of is athlete specific, but as women age, it, that, that pyramid changes and they have to have that intensity or the body, the body, uh, the body won't change and be challenged. Mm-hmm. So, well, that, that's, um, Oh, and Liz, I didn't give you a chance to answer that question. You go ahead. I jumped in too soon. Well, not not sure I have much more to add. You know, I will agree that if if Gretchen feels like she's getting leaner on a half marathon training plan, it's likely because in many cases, more is more. So she's out there running more. She's running longer. Uh, that could be it. It could it could be too that if if Gretchen is naturally someone who runs runs short distances and runs maybe a little too hard all of the time in this half marathon or 13.1 training plan, maybe she has finally, you know, started running a little bit easier, which is just changing the nature of that workout. And so it's less stressful, the training plan overall. So she is not as pumped up with the stress hormones and, and that can cause us to gain weight or retain water. So it could be that that's causing her to be a little leaner too. So Mm -hmm. lots of reasons. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, well, um, Carol, you all have, um, Jen, Jen, Jenny, in particular, you've alluded to the, um, you know, the, the more around the middle. And that's that we had a lot of questions about that. And including this one from Carol, they got a ton of me too traction on our Facebook thread. Um, she says, I noticed with age and the beginning of menopause more around my middle, anything to stop the spread. 
Yes, and I'm not going to be offended that you address that to me instead of Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to take that personally, Sarah. Thanks, call Jen. Jen is now the menopause whisperer. <laughs> this is her new, this is her new, uh, I don't know, superhero power? Superhero power. But I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't admit to it for a long time. I have secretly been researching this topic for an obscene amount of time. And my brain doesn't work like that. I am not a numbers cruncher data person, but I'm telling you, there has been a massive change. So for everybody that's listening, I just turned 50 and there has been a massive change in my body, my midsection since the fall. In fact, in my energy levels too. I even went so far as went into my gynecologist and said, okay, listen, sister, sit down. She was completely floored by me because she's my other one retired, of course, because I'm 50 and my gynecologist who delivered my kids is is retired. And so I said, sit down because and, and buckle up sister, because this is what I've got for you. She goes, I have never met a more educated menopausal female client in my entire career she was probably 24 but whatever anyway she wasn't but she was young and and she and you know so here instead of making light of it here's what I did I went in and I did a full blood panel I went in to make sure that my thyroid my parathyroid where my fh fsh numbers are that's basically your follicle follicle simulating hormones you know where was I in this whole process And what Mm -hmm. can I do to kind of negate this lethargy that I'm feeling and spaciness and emotionally on this party train going to nowhere kind of thing. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I left there and she had no good answers for me. (laughs) Uh. But but in all seriousness, I, I really have noticed a change in my midsection. Um, Mm -hmm. and it took me a little bit to kind of come to terms with it. Now I'm like, oh, well, you know, what are you going to do? Cause all the, Mm -hmm. cause I can't work out anymore. It's not that I work out that much, but I work out enough where that should not change. And Mm -hmm. I, you almost can't fight it. It's just Mm -hmm. your hormones Mm -hmm. kind of saying it's reverse puberty. Mm -hmm. It's reverse Mm -hmm. puberty. My gynecologist said, don't fight it. You're going to have a couple years here where things are going to be really ugly, but then you Mm -hmm. will stabilize you will stabilize and then you can kind of get a grip. And it was just, it was, that was a little bit freeing for me. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, amen sister, because it, it just really, it, it just happens. I mean, it's, I don't know. I felt like I woke up one day and I'm like, where did this come from? I, you know, I never had, you know, a really taut stomach, but it was just, it was not good. And I actually learned a new term, new new for me term on the Facebook thread about all this. And so many women called it the middle-aged thread. They called it the inner tube. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one woman was like, I'm not drowning. I don't need an inner tube around my middle. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah. So, I mean, th- this was a question from Dawn. She has that in her tube and she's getting back on track with low carb and more exercise, but are there any tips for, you know, the middle-aged ladies listening? And so, um, so Jen, the menopause whisperer, you know, <laughs> to, to, other, other than to, you know, be Zen Buddhist about it and accept it, you know, is, is there anything? Yeah. You know, I would make an appointment for all the 
perimenopause and menopausal women listening, I'd make an appointment with your gynecologist. I get a full blood panel done to make sure that your iron and everything else is going okay. If you're still menstruating, make sure your iron is ferritin is okay. And some other, some other details. Um, the other thing that I would do is I would be really careful with your fueling. And when I say that, I don't mean restrictive. I find that our bodies are kind of absolutely freaking out. In other words, your brain is telling your ovaries to work in overdrive. And when your brain shoots those messages to your ovaries, your body goes into hot flashes, hot flushes, all this other stuff that perimenopausal and menopausal women go through. And your body cannot take any more stressors. But then you add COVID, homeschooling, or kids being gone to college for 100 million grand a year, whatever it is, whatever stressors you guys, we all have, it's enough, it's too much. So don't throw the don't throw the restriction of fueling on top of that. Make sure that you eat a really well um, balanced diet. And I know that sounds cliche, but I can't stress it enough. I am the biggest sweet tooth person you will ever meet. I love sweets, mm. but mm -hmm. I had to change after I got fifty pounds of M and M's for my birthday. Get I started out. eating all what. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. I did. What evil person gave those to you? Oh no, evil people. Because I've told people over my hundred years on this planet that I like <laughs> M&Ms. So everybody thinks that sending M&Ms is a good idea for, to me, which it is when you get the first couple pounds. But then I'm like, girls and boys, stop. I like diamonds. Send diamonds. 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 I like cash. Send me cash. Yeah, right? So anyway, I started eating that because that's what we do. And I realized, okay, I felt like absolute garbage and I can eat M&Ms with the best, I can eat junk food with the best of them. And I thought I'm over -re responding to this because of the phase of life that I'm in, because I'm in this menopausal phase and I needed to get a grip and I cut it all out. Now, not all sugar. I still absolutely, yesterday I had chocolate covered blueberries because I'm not going to live my life under full restriction, but mm -hmm. it has helped me a lot. I really think cutting down the sugar is mm -hmm. very, very helpful. Not cutting it out, mm -hmm. cutting it down. Um, and I eat carbs normal, mm -hmm. like a normal person because I have to fuel myself for these workouts. So I don't, I don't restrict because my body's already absolutely completely rebelling and freaking out. I, I can't add more stressors to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to say that when Dimity and I, when another mother runner was a smaller organization, it was just uh, Dim and me traveling a lot together, you know, and Dimity's six, four has, you know, metabolism, like a blast furnace. And she also like loves a good chocolate chip cookie after lunch. And, you know, she loves M&M. She, you know, the two of you could do an M&M smackdown. Um, <laughs> and, and so I was like, well, I'm hanging out with Dimity. I'm going to have a cookie too. And I'm going to eat some this and that and the other thing. And and, you know, I'm six years older than Dimity. I don't have her metabolism. And I was like, well, that's not fair. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> why are my jeans tight? And, you know, she looks like a racehorse that's going to win the Kentucky Derby. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And ironically, nature provides so that most women in perimenopause and menopause, not all, because Elizabeth's kind of an exception to this, but we have teenager, we have teenage kids. And there's mm -hmm. so much food in this house yes. that you need to slice your eyeballs out because all, every single time my kids were home for college. I mean, I, I, I'm like, Graham, you can't eat two pizzas for dinner. I mean, really? So once they left for college, 
last week. I mean, I just basically got rid of all that crap. But I, it's ironic that you're going, why can't I have teenage kids when I'm 30 and I can eat all that stuff? <laughs> right. Here, move over. Give me a couple slices of that second pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. So moving from the gut to the butt, um, you know, several women in our questions talked about losing their butt due to running and, um, you know, that, that, and it's kind of, um, cruel irony again, that because glutes are so crucial to running and, you know, so, okay, so we're not actually losing our glutes, but you know, that how, what's the best way to build, strengthen and activate, our glutes as runners. Either one of you can answer that question, Liz, and we haven't heard from you much. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this will actually go along with the, you know, helping middle-aged women for improving maybe body composition, resistance training, mm-hmm. strength training. It's how you're going to get your glutes, keep your glutes, build your glutes. It's also how you're going to improve your body composition as you cruise into menopause. It needs to be resistance training with load, not a band, not a one pound weight. I'm also not saying that you need to be deadlifting 200 pounds on your back, mm-hmm. but there needs to be some sort of strength so that you get the right hormonal response and mm-hmm. you build the right muscles. Mm-hmm. So anything you can do to put that into your program two to three times a week. And, you know, remember once we hit 35, we start losing over 1% of our muscle mass per year. And it's one of those things where once you get to 35 and beyond, use it or lose it. Mm -hmm. And it's not really that you're going to start building it into menopause, but you just want to hang on to what you have because when you're 70 and 80 and you're just trying to navigate the stairs, you want that muscle mass, you want that strength. So Mm -hmm. add in some strength training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and then, so coach Jen, like do things like, you know, since Liz is saying have some weights, does that mean if I do like, um, you know, lunges or squats, I should be holding a weight like up near my chest or holding them like, you know, a suitcase in either hand. How do I, you know? Yes. So building on to what Elizabeth said, definitely weights, but it has to be a progression. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't been doing lunges, just doing lunges is a challenge enough, right? So I just want to make sure that before I say mm-hmm. throw in, you know, weights and all these exercises that you per- naturally progress to the weights. So mm-hmm. yes, um, you need to have weights and you need to not be afraid of lifting heavy. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to bulk up because remember we're out running two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten miles. That's kind of why bodybuilders don't run because mm-hmm. it it's kind of takes away some of that muscle mass that we have. So use, you know, use heavy weights. Don't be afraid of heavy weights, but make mm-hmm. sure you do it under caution and either with a helpful eye, a spot, or, you know, some, some kind of, you know, safety issue there, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, we have Liz and, and coach Liz, if you haven't figured out, I'm now asking the questions because, because I've decided that you're going to be more a guest on par with Jen. So (laughs) I've I've shanghaied this. So (laughs) I'm completely lost. That's okay. Um, so we have, um, uh, a pregnancy related question from Holly and that she said she's interested in hearing about separated abdominal muscles, going back to, you know, changing, your shape and size and all that stuff. Um, uh, because in relation to 
belly bulge. And she knows she wants to build a strong core for running. Um, she says she's a healthy weight, but the kids have really done a number on her abs. Yeah. Yeah. This is so common. Uh, I even have the, the abdominal separation. I think it's diastasis recti. It's mm-hmm. where you have that split. And, you know, mm-hmm. some of us, you can stick two fingers in that split, others more fingers. Um, but the important thing here is that if that bulge and split is causing you pain, you should see a doctor. Um, but I found one of the most helpful things in just tightening that area up again and getting my core stable and strong was Pilates. Mm. I can't say enough good things about Pilates. Find a good studio. I'm, I'm a big fan of reformer Pilates, but it has mm-hmm. to be under a very good quality instructor who's going to look at you, knows what you need to do, and is cueing the right movement. If you can't do reformer, then Matt Pilates is, is a great substitute as well, but that's really going to work on that stability and control in that core area and mm-hmm. start to not that you'll ever close up that separation, but you'll just kind of bring it together. There are also things you don't want to do when you have that bulge. So you don't want to be doing a lot of like heavy lifting with bad technique and bad breathing, um, things like sit-ups or sometimes even planks. If, if I'm not actively thinking about sucking my insides in, they will start to poke out. So, <laughs> so it's really yeah. let, let that visual sit you with you for just, just a sec. Right, it's this cone of my innards that starts to, to bulge out. But, um, you know, you just got to find ways to kind of keep it all in there and make sure it doesn't get worse. Because um, if it does get worse, you would want to get that surgically repaired, which isn't much fun. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Um, Jen, tossing it back to you, Um, but staying, staying with the sticking to the stomach area, Misty asks, my stomach sticks out more now. Is that tight hips or what? And I was pretty intrigued by this question. That's really a great question. And our, our stomachs tend to stick out a little bit more. Yes. Some of it has to do with posture. Some of it has to do with weak core muscles. Some mm-hmm. of it has to be do with tight glutes, tight butt, tight mm-hmm. back from sitting at these computers all day. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it has to do with just as we age, our posture gets worse. Think about older, older people, not mm-hmm. 50 year olds, but older. <laughs> I hear both of you. I, I hear I'm your older. inner thoughts. I'm older than you, sunshine. So. I know, I know. I, Elizabeth's not going to, she's not even going to touch this one. No, I'm just kidding. But older, older, when you see 80 plus 90 year olds are always hunched over and stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things that's so important is kind of back to the strength, back to the core, back. I am also a huge Pilates fan, huge reformer fan. I did it for 10, 15 years after I had those, mm. after I had my twins. Mm-hmm. And it really helped me and it helped a little bit with that, that pelvic tilt and mm-hmm. engaging your core and um, working on my glutes. So a lot of, um, you know, monster walks and a lot of uh, glute specific work just to kind of make that area a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did uh, Pilates uh, reformer. It was a small class with, uh, but on reformers after the birth of my older daughter before my twins and, it was probably the best my abs ever looked. And it was when I ran some of my fastest races. Hmm. And then uh, after having three kids, then there was no room in the budget or my schedule for uh, reformer classes. And 
um, so I do not have a great ab, but abs, but um, so, all right. So I love this conundrum from Brianna. She says, the more I strength train, the better my body looks, the more I run, the better my mind feels. Finding the balance is tricky. Um, Amen, sister. <laughs> that is all of us. Um, but there is a balance and the balance is, you know, the balance is different for everybody, of course, right? And it kind of whatever drives you and makes you happy. We just have to balance the physical and the mental um, peacefulness of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So you need a combination of both. And usually strength training, if you can do strength training twice a week for 30 minutes, you're doing really well. If you can do more, you have the desire, the energy and the time to do more, then more is okay. Um, you know, three times 30 minutes. And it depends on what stage you are in your life. When you've got little kids, two by 30 minutes is a huge deal. You know, when you don't have kids around, it's not a big deal. So, you know, be graceful, give yourself some grace on that. But two by two, two by 20 or 30 minutes is, is enough. And then the running, you know, two, probably three times a week, maybe four, or that four could be a cross training. Remember, it goes back to our original conversation about challenging your body. Don't mm -hmm. do the same thing all the time. Don't go in the basement or in your garage and do the same strength workouts all the time, do it for, you know, two or three weeks and then mix it up. Same with running, do it a couple routes and then do your hilly route that Sarah was talking about earlier or do your intervals. So it's all about throwing things at your body to challenge consistently and constantly challenge it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the final question goes in a totally different direction. It goes all the way down to the floor because it comes from Samantha and she wants to know about um, her feet and our feet and that, okay, so, you know, for some of us during pregnancy, the size of our feet changed and never went back. Samantha, who I know is on a, a running streak, um, and I'm not saying this attributes to that, but she says her arches are not nearly as high as they were pre-running. So what other changes happened to feet from running all the miles for so many years? Yeah, so as we age, well, especially during pregnancy, and a lot of this is due to hormones, but our arches can collapse. But as we age, our arches collapse as well. And you have different arches in your feet. There's longitudinal and then there's transverse. And the transverse is the one up by your, your um, more affected by your toes. Mm. And so you can start to have problems there where things just wear out with age. You know, it's, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not meant for a whole lot of wear and tear, I suppose, <laughs> but uh, you know, so things start to change. Um, so this is where you might need to go in to see a sports podiatrist or mm. your local running store, tell them what you're feeling, of the changes you've noticed, and they might be able to suggest something as simple as an over-the-counter um, insert for your shoe. Mm -hmm. There might be an orthotic that you need just to keep yourself running strong, you know, because if your feet are already giving you signs that they're not feeling as good, you, you want to heed that warning before you run into more problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's the thing with feet is you, you just can't get off of them. You know, I mean, right. I realize that I realize that sounds idiotic, but as a person who said plantar fasciitis twice, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, if let's say I, you know, sprain my wrist, well, okay, maybe I could stay off my computer or, you know, not carrying groceries, but it's like, well, it's not like I can't stand up or walk. I got to do those things. Right. 
I, I know. And then, and then sometimes the cure for these things is sitting down and, and then you get into this conundrum of, well, you told me I shouldn't sit as much because it's going to make my hips tighter. And then you're like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stand here and spin in a circle. And, you know? so, and talk to myself in my head right. and call myself Jenny. I mean, so <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, ladies, it was really fun talking with you and, um, Thank you both. Liz, thank you for being, you know, flexible and um, just morphing from what role I wanted you to play from one moment to the next. <laughs> so thank you both. And I look forward to being under your tutelage. Um, I think I start the heart and soul marathon training level two. I think I start on Monday the 8th because I know last year I started on Monday the 10th. So I'm thinking... <laughs> That is so exciting. I'm so glad you're back. We yeah. have convert, we have happily converted you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. Most definitely. That my only concern is, you know, before I used to be like, well, how do I keep running with Molly? You know, my best running friend. Well, now I have a new running friend as well. Yeah. So I have two people like, oh, do I, you know, uh. so um, it's the juggling, the interpersonal that, it, you know, hell, I'll go, I'll go do that timed mile, you know, the mile test or the 15 minute test. That's no problem. But how do I, you know, juggle my friendships? <laughs> you convert her too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <So. laughs> you tell her about this fantastic program that you're going to do. And then she tells other people. And then before you know it, you have this amazing community around the world of people running. Right. right. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, ladies. And, uh, you know, watch out for that black ice and those cars and all. you guys stay safe out there. We will. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, as I start to embark on my marathon training, I am hoping that a whole bunch of you are going to be embarking on training for four virtual events that we are having. It is part of our Love the Run You're With Spring 2021. It is the third iteration of our virtual race series. It starts on Monday, February 1st. It's four months of training with a virtual event every month. And Liz and Jen are the coaches. So if you want more of them, this is your way to get it because they just are awesome and answer all sorts of questions. And so there's an event every month it starts with a timed mile, which i they promise is fun. Um, starts in February. And then uh, there's an event, a 7K, I believe it is in March, um, another race in April. And that culminates in late May with a virtual team relay. We put the teams together. I did it last time. It is such a blast. It is amazing how connected you feel to these people that you've never met, but that you're you know, chatting with via video on Marco Polo or something like that. It's really an amazing experience. So you want a part of that. And if all that doesn't sound good enough, you also get a corset t-shirt, a tube of noon immunity, two sleeves of Gucci shoes, two amazing flavor bars, the healthy chocolate bars I talked about in the ads, um, a custom scrunchie, a medal, four bibs. And it's just so awesome. And if all this isn't enough, there's an opportunity to add on one of four custom hats that are so dang cute. So again, the program kicks off on February 1st to find all about it and register, go to trainlikeamother.club slash love hyphen the hyphen run. Again, go to trainlikeamother.club and you know, pretty much you're going to see a slider there. So just click on it, sign up for it. You definitely want to part, be a part of it. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Okay.